everyone and welcome to episode 14 of the Wealth Journal podcast with me, Jay Hardy, and I hope everyone had a fantastic Christmas. We are in that weird phase now between Christmas and New Year, and for me, it's a bit of a strange time. I almost feel like I'm, I'm ready to start the new year, but it's not quite there yet. It's a bit of a bit of a weird period, but it also gives me a bit of time to, to reflect, spend time with their family, friends, etc., and loved ones, and um, you know, just sort of ease my way into to 2022. But of course, I do have to do another episode of the Wealth Journal podcast, so here we are. I want to keep the momentum going, and um, I have still been making notes in my in my Wealth Journal, although I'll be honest, not as many notes as what I would usually do, because let's face it, last time the episode went out, it was the 23rd of December, we then had Christmas Eve, <laughs> we had Christmas Day, we had Boxing Day, so the Wealth Journal hasn't really been written in a huge amount uh, this past week. But there have been a couple of points that I've been been sort of thinking about. And one one note I did make in my wealth journal this week, and this is point one, is decentralize autonomous organizations. Wow, there we go. It's between Christmas and New Year, and he drops decentralize autonomous organizations on the wealth journal. I mean, yes, it is <laughs> it is a point in my wealth journal this week, but it is actually quite a small point. And it's something that basically I've come across these past few months and it feels like they've been cropping up time and time again. So I just wanted to briefly cover cover what I've been really just learning um, this week on, on decentralized autonomous organizations or DAOs as they're more commonly, commonly known. And you're probably thinking, what is a DAO? It's effectively a new organizational structure, which appears to be born out of the world of crypto and, and Web3. So think about a, I don't know, how you form a company these days. You've got basically a sole trader, um, a, a private limited company, a public limited company, LLC, etc. A DAO is is almost uh, an internet native business that's basically collectively owned and managed by its members. They have built-in treasuries that no one has the authority to access without the approval of the of the group of members. And decisions of a DAO are governed by proposals and voting to ensure that everyone in the organization has a voice. So it's very it's very different to a traditional organization. So there's no CEO who can authorize spending based on their own whims. Um there's there's no dodgy CFO manipulating the books. Everything is out in the open of a DAO and the rules around spending are baked into the DAO via, via its code. So how does a DAO work? Well, the backbone of a DAO is basically in smart contracts. I know we've mentioned these on the podcast previously when talking about Ethereum. Um, but the contract defines the rules of the organization and holds the group's treasury. Once the contract is live, say, for example, on Ethereum, no one can change the rules except by a vote. If anyone tries to do something that's not covered by the rules and logic in the code, it will fail. And because the treasury is defined by the smart contract, that means that no one can spend the money without the group's approval either. This means that DAOs don't need a central authority. Instead, the group makes decisions collectively and payments are authorised automatically when votes pass. So in the past few months, when I've been, I guess, immersing myself in the world of Web3 and the Web3 community, I've heard quite a few people reference that 2020 was all about 
decentralized finance, which I guess, well, that's a topic we haven't yet covered on the Wealth Journal. 2021 was very much about NFTs. And some pe- some people believe that 2022 will be about DAOs, decentralized autonomous organizations. And I think that this poses a potential investment opportunity because you can invest in DAOs. And it's something that I'm currently currently looking at. And it's, it's, it's basically at the point where it's just got my attention. And I have heard that some VC heavyweight firms, for example, Andreessen Horowitz, have already started investing in DAOs. And one of them, um, one of the most notable ones has been uh, one called Friends with Benefits. It sounds kinky, but I don't, I don't, it's, not, it's, not in that, <laughs> it's not in that way. Um, so it has caught my attention and I thought I'd bring it up on the Wealth Journal. Um, but what I have found when it comes to investing in DAOs, it usually f- um, involves passing some form of, of membership criteria because essentially you're, you're investing into a DAO by buying the DAO's native token, which gives you voting rights, essentially. And they basically want other members of the DAO to possess maybe certain skills or certain experiences. So you, so you have to go through some form of, of selection selection process. And then also the DAO native tokens are not traditionally listed on exchanges that you can just go out and buy. You usually have to do some other way to get, get hold of these tokens, uh, potentially using decentralized exchanges as well. So yeah, it's all a little bit murky at this stage and it's something that I I sort of commit to to researching in a little bit more detail as we progress into into 2022 but of course I will keep you updated. The next point in my wealth journal this week is about goal setting. I think obviously as 2022 is on the horizon most people reflect at this time of year and think about one what did they achieve in 2021 but what do you want to go out and and, and do in in 2022. And for me, I, I tend not to set New Year's resolutions, but um, I, I'd, I prefer to just think of them as, as as goals, things that I'd like to achieve going into next year. So my first one is actually just trying to be be more present. Um, and by that, it's more related to just the time I actually spend with my family um, when I'm spending time with my with my with my children. Um, and I think I, I do that quite a lot, but really trying to make sure, you know, the phone's down, the laptop's away. I'm, I'm sort of not thinking about whether it be, be work or the podcast. I've definitely been guilty of that these last few weeks, certainly as I've been trying to, um, you know, to do the podcast and think of episodes and uh, whatever it is. So that's been one thing that I really think I want to try and improve in, uh, in 2022. And it has got me thinking a little bit because one of my goals, let's, if we just think about wealth for me to be, to have wealth, one of the things that I see, not necessarily the monetary value of wealth, but more to just give myself time, really, you know, time and freedom to do what I want to do. And then when it comes to these moments, particularly like the Christmas period where maybe I've got a little bit more time off work, I don't need to be wealthy, to have that time with my family. It's, it's, it's here, it's there, it's happening right now. So for me to then just spend that time thinking about, you know, building wealth or thinking about the podcast, what's the point? Because I've actually got that, I've, I've got what I want in the, in this physical, you know, in this actual moment. So, um, 
I think trying to just identify them opportunities to actually spend real quality time with the family, be present is one of my, is one of my main goals. There's no point in um, trying to continually work towards this um, ambition of wealth when those opportunities are passing me by, if that makes sense. Um, So yeah, being present. The next is probably my financial goals. So for me, I think I will continue to grow my wealth in in 2022. I hope I will, but I might not. And I think I'm I'm comfortable with that because if I continue to invest, there will be there will be years. And when you're investing in the long term, there will be years and um, maybe even periods of time where your wealth might actually decline. Your investments might go down. They might also go up. Um, and we've talked about that investment mindset in in quite a few episodes. So having the goal of increasing my wealth every single year might not actually be realistic as a long-term investor. Um, so you've just got to make sure you're, you're comfortable with that. But what I guess what my main financial goal is in going into 20, 2022 is to look to invest more this year than what I did in the previous year. So whether I can just be a little bit more focused, um, Make sure that I, and that, that that might even mean I try and earn more money this year that I can, that allows me to invest more. So I'm just going to try and focus on investing more money um, into into different assets in 2022 than what I did in 2021. And that might mean I potentially look to pay down some debts that frees up more cash or, or whatever that may be. So that's one of my, one of my focuses. And hopefully, like we've talked about, um, in the episode all about compounding, whatever I can do this year will have a huge benefit to me in maybe 10, 15 years time. So that's something that I'm, I really want to focus on. And my other one, point three of my, my goals, so one being present, two being um, looking to invest more, number three, and I generally have this one every year, is to try and read more in 2022 than what I did in 2021. So for me, um, preparing for this podcast has been a massive, uh, a massive thing in terms of like research and learning more. And books have been a, a huge source of my uh, learnings, whether when it comes to sort of wealth and investment and, and things like that, um, but also personal development as well. So, yeah, I want to try and try and read more as always this year than what I did what I did last year. Um, so yeah, they're my goals. Um, but also, yeah, have a think about what your goals are as well and maybe write them down and put them in a place that you can refer back to them at the end of the year, next year. And did you achieve them? You know, how did you get on? Um, be ambitious. And we talked about in a previous episode, what if you could write down a goal for 2022 where you knew you, you couldn't fail in trying to achieve that goal? You know, what would you actually put down if that was the case? I would probably say my goals aren't the, the most ambitious. Um, but they are things that I just sort of want to try and live by for for 2022. One of the main goals, actually, as well that I've, that I've probably not included there is is for the podcast. Um, yeah, I really want to try and amplify the podcast in 2022. I think there's there's much more that this podcast can do. Um, obviously, most of the episodes so far have been me talking and sharing my experiences, but. I really want to bring more people onto this podcast that that I can learn from as well and and people to share their own insights and I think that'll really help grow the podcast. So one of my goals is to is to just 
dramatic, and I don't know if I'm going to put a figure on this, but really significantly increase the, the amount of downloads I get from the podcast. Like it is continuing to increase at the moment. The more, the more episodes I release and things like that, the podcast is growing. I've had positive feedback, but in 2022, I really just want to massively grow the podcast as much as I can, um, grow my learning around the podcast and hopefully listens of this podcast as well. So, um, of course the power is really in the hands of the listener. If you can help me do that, of course it'd be, uh, it'd be much appreciated. The next point in my wealth journal this week is, and, and I've got it written down here is what has been my biggest takeaway so far from, from the podcast, from the, I guess from the first 13 episodes and, for this point, I'd actually like to go back to, to almost the start. It might have been episode one or episode two. And that really, for me, and probably what really can change my entire outlook on personal finance and, and my view of how to actually build wealth was when I started to just reread for the podcast, the Rich Dad Poor Dad book and the real basic sort of fundamentals of understanding your own personal balance sheet, but also understanding the difference between an asset and a liability and the fact that the rich build their asset columns, whereas the poor and middle class build up their liabilities. And that's been the, that's been the biggest, the biggest takeaway factor for me, um, you know, as I've started doing this podcast and I've actually really started to put in plans this year that aims to dramatically reduce my my liabilities column um with the view of then increasing my my asset column and i would probably say that 2022 is the year where hopefully a lot of those liabilities will be either paid off or significantly reduced which will allow me to to invest more in in 2022 and i'll i'll admit that for me, 2021 financially has probably been a, a bit more of a tricky year. Um, you know, I had some big costs in 2020, um, refurbished our house and a lot of extra, a lot of extra bills and things like that. So it's been, um, it's been difficult. And also I've taken these additional steps to try and just pay down some of the, some of the liabilities and pay them off a lot faster, uh, based on just my own learnings through doing this podcast with a view that 2022 is going to be the year where I can really start to just ramp up my investments and, and actually just start to really, really build them, build them assets as much as I can. So I'd be interested just to know where, where other people are on their own journey as well. So, um, it's almost felt like I've been a little bit treading water this year. I have been doing quite a lot of investments, but, and as I've learned from compounding, probably not as much as I would have liked, but I felt like 2021 for me has almost been laying that foundation, um, getting myself in into a position where I can really sort of attack 2022 from an investment point of view. A big one for me has been the student loan. That's been like huge. And I got that, you know, I mentioned I got that letter to say that you can now start to pay it off from a direct debit. So I tried to accelerate that. That'll hopefully free up a a significant amount of cash for me to, to really start to, to increase investments. Um, again, um, a car finance, which I've tried to, to pay off a lot quicker so we can, we can own that car rather than just going out and getting a brand new car to just keep the cycle going. So that learning and, uh, of the difference between an, an asset and a, and a liability and reiterating that has actually allowed me just to put in some real, um, 
tangible actions and steps to to just start to um yeah to build that asset column up a lot faster because i just know that in 10 15 years time the pain that i've probably experienced in 2021 there'll be a huge a huge compounded benefit in the future so that's one thing one thing that i've really um really taken from this year the final point in my wealth journal this week is 2022 and what will 2022 bring what are my predictions for 2022 well of course the wealth journal is not about financial advice um i have no idea what's going to happen in the future but for me well yeah my predictions who knows to be fair there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about a crash in the stock market potentially happening um you know, prices are at all-time highs, yet there's still quite a lot of concerns around inflation, um, COVID, supply chain issues. So I think we surely the stock market will have a bit more of a slowdown and maybe even um, a correction at, at some point. When that'll be, I've no, I've no idea. I've no idea. But that's one thing I'm, I'm potentially thinking could happen in 2022. Um, so we might see some, some of these real high valuations, particularly in tech, um, be impacted, but I don't think that's going to stop me from investing in the stock market. You know, I'm a long-term investor, so I think I'll continue to, to invest in the stock market, uh, hopefully just, just with more regularity really in, in 2022. And if it dips, then it dips and I, I buy a little bit more. And then if it if it's higher, then I buy a little bit less. Um, so I think that I think that might that might be the case. I've mentioned um, in the past I've, I've been quite interested in in India uh, as an area of investment. Um, I think that the the Indian market is is one that's set for for high future growth. So that's something that I'm just looking at a little bit more closely, and I'm looking to invest invest there more in 2022 whether that's going to be a huge 2022 play i don't know but for the long term i'm quite interested there so i'm looking at a few um india related etfs at the moment i do own uh, the iShares india etf but that's something that i'm just looking at a little bit more and then for crypto 2022 well your guess is probably as good as mine when it comes to crypto i have got well I don't know. I don't know, to be honest. I think we'll probably see more all-time highs in the crypto space when it comes to 2022. Whether we'll see as big a gains of what we've seen in previous years, then that remains to be seen. But I think um, we'll continue to see probably Bitcoin climb higher over the course of 2022. And I'm excited to see how Ethereum performs in 2022. I've mentioned previous on the podcast that Ethereum is due an update to Ethereum 2.0 at some point in 2022, where basically it switches to a proof of stake mechanism rather than proof of work, which is basically a more efficient way of processing the blockchain in terms of it's more sustainable. Um, it will allow Ethereum to scale and be more fa- uh, be faster. So when that happens, there there are a lot of people suggesting that could really um, well boost the price of ethereum so we'll see because that's going to be interesting and one to watch now ethereum last few weeks has been on a fairly well i think it's actually down for the month ethereum yeah it's 14 percent down on the month as of recording but it's 400 percent up on the year so we'll see who knows um 
But that's certainly one to watch. And when that update goes live, I'll be keen to see what that does from from a price point of view. However, these things do come with risks as Ethereum switches to Ethereum 2.0. We don't know exactly what's going to happen. And of course, this is not financial advice. So the system might crash. It might fail. Who who knows? It's very much, um, well, it's new. It's never been done before. So we'll see. And a lot of people are betting on this to, to massively increase the price of Ethereum as well. And if it was to go wrong and that that doesn't work, then I'd imagine a lot of them people would maybe sell. So who knows? So they're my, um, my predictions. I don't know if you can call them that, but certainly thoughts on what might happen in 2022. And maybe we can review that um, 12 months from now and see, see if I was right. So that's everything in my wealth journal this week. Thank you so much for listening. And of course, thank you for all your support so far this year um, in listening to the Wealth Journal podcast, sharing it with your friends and family. I appreciate everyone who likes or shares or comments on the podcast whenever I post. There's a, there's a few people out there that continue to do that pretty much every single week. So massive thank you to those guys, the super fans of the Wealth Journal. Um, so yeah, and have a great, great new year and a great 2022. And I look forward to to speaking with you again on episode 15. Take care. 